Wrestling 20 years ago, September 1998, and the Land of Extreme. And this month, it is just me going solo, so it will be probably a much quicker show than usual. So, as always, Volume 1 this month is WCW with their wonderfully random world of the Ultimate Warrior coming back. WWF features the WWF Breakdown Pay-Per-View. And as I said, we're here, Volume 3, East W. Um, as always, if you would like to have episodes a little bit earlier, um, for one whole solitary dollar a month on Patreon, you can. And if you and for five dollars, you get our exclusive bonus episodes that cannot be found anywhere else. So that leads me into the news. So the Sandman is off to Never Neverland. That's right, the Sandman has left ECW to go to WCW. Heyman said at the Queen show this month during the intermission that they had talked about the departure of Sandman. Um, he said that the exception of Taz, Dreamer and himself, no one had been at ECW from the start other than Sandman. He was critical of Sandman not making a final tour of ECW before he leaves. He said others who had left, such as Guerrero and Malenko, were offered the chance to go out gracefully and put in a last show. And Heyman said it was up to the fans to judge him for not doing so. November to Remember sales are Go Plus will be shown live in Japan. So ECW so far has sold over 1,400 tickets in the first day for the pay-per-view and is expected to sell all 8,700 seats in the downtown municipal arena for the show. It's also going to be shown live on Japanese pay-per-view. So far, the matches stated for November to remember are Taz, Sabu and RVD, going against the triple threat Tommy Dreamer going against Jerry Lynn or Jack Victory in a scaffold match and Jerry Lynn going against Mikey Whitbreck in a best of three falls match so another day another month another ECW member getting into a little bit of bother so Taz whose real name is Peter Skarani who's aged 30, was arrested on the 12th of September in Pittsburgh before the ECW event there as a Beaver County teenage girl charged him with exposing himself to her at a local tanning booth earlier that day. He was charged with corruption of a minor and indecent exposure. Police said that the 15-year-old girl, an employee of the tanning centre, said that Taz had told her that he was only 24 and a professional wrestler. The police report said that he asked her to raise her shirt and later exposed himself to her. According to the newspaper reports, after being arrested, he couldn't pay the $10,000 bond that he was given by the county 
he was remanded until the Monday. Because Taz was a wrestler who plans to travel out of state, authorities wanted to detain him and arrange for him to be seen as soon as possible. Before being released, he was scheduled to be evaluated for by a behavioural specialist and a step up for all alleged sexual offences that have to go through. His hearing is set for the beginning of next month. In New York, TV is still an issue. As of the September 17th show in Queens, New York, Paulie came out and told us that WWOR in New York had agreed to show the ECW TV, but had yet found a time slot. He said that if the deal fell through, they would buy time on WCBS after the Howard Stern show. As a make good for the fans for not seeing recent week's TV, they handed out videotapes of the last few weeks at the show so all the fans could catch up. Styles, Meanie and Nova were handing out autographed tapes. And with every month in ECW, we have more injury news. So, Axel Rotten has suffered health complications from a liver inflammation and has been hospitalised. And also is having gallbladder surgery. Shane Douglas's sinuses exploded again, and he was in hospital for a couple of weeks in Louisiana. Bam Bam Bigelow had injured his wrist after suffering a dizzy spell at home, and apparently com- complicated as a recent concussion from the chair shots he took from Masahito Tanaka. And Bill Alfonso was scheduled to have surgery this past week to have a removal of a plate in his broken arm. And now we've got to be subjected to this, this Monica Lewinsky wannabe. Don't have any interns. In case you people don't realize who this lovely lady is beside me this evening, now that she no longer dyes her hair and had those ridiculous implants taken out, this is the true Tammy Lynn bitch. That imposter that's been hanging out with Chris Candido is a fake and a fraud. Sunny days are not over for Lance Storm, I assure you. This is the lovely lady who did favors for Vince McMahon to get a job. This is the woman who had a revolving door on her locker room to keep that job. To confirm the biggest rumors ever in this business, this woman was in fact the heartbreak shit. When Chris Candido comes through that curtain, he is going to beat Lance Storm within an inch of his miserable life. Tammy's gonna mow down everybody. Now I know this is ECW which made me worse than Jerry Springer. And I've only said this maybe three times in my five-year tenure with Extreme Championship Wrestling, but I apologize to everybody, everybody whose life may have been affected by the rumors that Landstorm just perpetuated on national television. 
So, into the TV, we open up the month with Lance Storm going against Chris Candido. Candido obviously having Tom, Tammy Lynn Cinch in his corner, but Lance brings out his new friend, Tammy Lynn Bitch. You'll hear his introduction to her before this review. Obviously going on about how everyone in the locker room having a revolving door and sunny days with Sunny. The match itself opens with a collar and elbow and a chop battle. Chris reverses a leapfrog and a super kick and then reverses a roll up and gets a two count. He tries for another but this is turned into a German suplex for a two by Lance. They exchange punches. Chris hits a clothesline, Lance to the outside over the ropes and then hits a top rope plancher. They brawl to the outside and there's a hip toss onto the table by Storm and that's followed with an apron elbow drop to break the table. Back into the ring for a two count, Lance then hits a corner clothesline. Chris hits a slingshot, a swinging neck breaker and the New Jersey jam for a two. Lance hits a good drop kick for a two, a back breaker and puts on a headlock. Chris manages to power his way out and hits a power slam, lariats and the running powerbomb that gets a two. Lance launches himself at him and then hits a drop kick and a springboard back elbow. Northern Lights and that gets a two. Storm then gets crotched as he botches the Bond bombshell attempt and hits a Hurricane Rana. Chris then turns this into a bombshell and gets a two. At this point, Miss Bitch gets involved. Tammy in to get into the other Tammy's face, a face plant and have a to-do. She takes off Tammy Lynn Bitch's dress. Lance goes to suplex Tammy, but Chris hits him with the chain, a neck punch. And at this point, Tammy Lynn Cinch gets the roll up and gets the whim. This is probably one of the best matches of the month and as such well worth a watch, but it does have a bit of a silly finish. We then see Big Sal going against Cronus. Big Sal wins with a Samoan drop. Post-match, Spike comes out, hits the acid drop and gets the win in seconds. Tracy Smothers goes against Tommy Rogers. Smothers wins after a Cobra clutch drop. We get Jason and Justin going against the Sandman in a cane match. Sandman wins after hitting a reverse DDT on Jason. Post-match, Jason takes the 10 lashes from the cane of Sandman. Just at this point, Justin takes one to the head of himself. Nicole gets hit with a white Russian leg sweep. But in the chaos, Justin comes out with the cane and batters the shit out of Sandman. Week 2's TV opens, randomly enough, with Rob fucking Zombie. And then we are greeted in the ring with Joey and Fonzie. Joey Styles, I want to stop just for 60 seconds. I want to take 
about one minute before I choke your chicken ass out, so get talking. What's up? As you just heard there, Fonzie comes out saying that he wants to set up a new triple threat 
with Taz, RVD, Sabu. This brings out the original triple threat who tried to beat down on Taz and Fonzie, that is, until RVD and Sabu make the save. We then get a match between Jerry Lynn and Mikey Whipwreck, where Jerry wins with a Hurricane Rana reversal into a roll-up. This was a really, really good back-and-forth TV match. We then see Tommy Dreamer going against Danny Doring. Danny Doring is seconded by Jack Victory, The Equalizer, Lance Wright, and Mike Lanzeski. All of which tried to get involved during the match. Tommy wins after pinning Jack Victory with a bowling ball to the balls on top of a Captain America shield. This match was a complete fucking clusterfuck. As I said, during the match, all of Wright's men beat down Tommy 4-1. The BWO come out going all gangsters on them and bringing things such as crutches, tennis rackets and the aforementioned Captain America shield. The BWO hit everyone with blue light specials during the match. We then see Bam Bam going against Tanaka. Tanaka winning via pinfall after hitting some brutal chair shots. This is a brutal match and well worth your watching. After the match, RBD and Sabu came in for the closing moments to beat down Bam Bam and put him through a table with the dueling leg drops top from the top rope. Week 3's show opens up with a recap of the history of Just Incredible in ECW. We then see a match between Balls and Tanaka, where Tanaka wins after hitting a swinging DDT onto the chairs. This is, as you'd expect, with all Tanaka matches, a brutal match with some really fucking sick chair shots and a really, really hard-hitting brawl. Then we get to hear from the rat-faced Naka himself, just incredible. He broke Mikey Whipwreck's leg in Mikey's hometown of Buffalo, New York. He beat the greatness out of Japanese legend, the great Sasuke. He interrupted a sacred ten bell salute for Tommy Dreamer's late grandfather. He won the summer series at Heat Wave 98 against Jerry Lynn. And now, he has not only scored a rare victory over the Sandman at the ECW Arena, he actually came the hardcore icon with the Sandman's own cane in the Sandman's home field, the ECW Arena. Tonight, just incredible, is the hunted, and the Sandman is on his trail as we take New Orleans to the extreme. Incredible. Did it just Sandman! Chastity! Give it to me! Sandman, I beat you in your home, the house that you built at the ECW Arena. Sandman, I even beat you in a Singapore caning match. I don't gotta put up with no cigarette smoking, beer drinking, Kate swinging! My man Jason, he's got international contact all over the world and especially right here in New Orleans. So I don't gotta put up with any more of your stupid, idiotic crap! No hey, more beer! Please shut the f up! Hey! hey, 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 hey. 
Brother, who are you having problems with? The Sandman. Come on, brother. <laughs> Come on, brother. What do you think I'm a hey, hey, jabroni? Hey, hey, hey. Come on. Pay, pay the man. Pay the guy. Pay the man. From this point on, brother, your problems are solved. And that camera right there needs to be turned off. So as you heard there, it was paying off Jack Victory to do his dirty work. We then get Shane say with a promo saying that he's well be back sooner than he was expected to provide there is only one true triple threat. We then see Sandman go against Rod Price. Rod Price is joined to the ring by Justin, Jason, Chastity and Nicole Bass. In the weirdest ending to this match, Spike Dudley wins the match after hitting the acid drop on the one-man gang. So, during this match, Jack Victory came out and they all teamed up and beat down Sandman, caning the fucking shit out of him. That was until Tommy Dreamer came out to make the save. This then brought out One Man Gang, and the heels once again took advantage, beating down Sandman and Dreamer. That then brought out Mikey Whipwreck, the BWO, Balls and Axel, and Spike Dudley. Spike and One Man Gang go at it. Gang then starts to beat down Spike. He then hits the acid drop and gets the pin, which ends the match. I do sometimes wonder what goes on in ECW TV writing. We finish the show with Shane issuing a challenge to Fonzie to bring his triple threat to go against the original triple threat. Week 4's TV opens with a heartfelt speech from Tommy Dreamer. I don't know if a lot of you know this, but last yesterday, five years to the day, Paul Heyman took over as Booker of ECW. Good evening and welcome to Extreme Championship Wrestling. I'm Joey Styles at the infamous ECW Arena in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, where Tommy Dreamer is discussing with the fans the Sandman's departure from ECW. He took it from the late great Eddie Gilbert, and he did a hell of a job here. Thomas Edward Gilbert Jr., professionally known as Hot Stuff Eddie Gilbert, was producer and talent coordinator for ECW, then Eastern Championship Wrestling, for approximately five months back in 1993. And everything was funded by Todd Gordon, and he deserves the respect because he started a lot of this with his own personal money. Todd Gordon was the founder of Eastern Championship Wrestling. It followed the demise of the Tri-State Wrestling Promotion. When I first came here, there were no bleachers. There was about four chairs. And each and every time we came back here, you people told a friend, and we built something here that was started, and now we're going to the top. Tommy Dreamer debuted in ECW on October 1st, 1993, and has been with the company ever since he epitomizes a team player. Oddly enough, his debut matchup was against, of all people, Taz. And we are recording this historic 
ECW moment as it happens live to videotape here in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Full of guys, past and present, who each and every time, it doesn't matter if it was in the gym forms or on a pay-per-view, we bust our ass for you people every single time ECW is somewhere in the United States. And a lot of us, we might have our egos, this, that, and the other thing. But let me tell you something. A guy like Shane Douglas is coming back tonight. He shouldn't be in the ring, but he wants to give it 100% because you people paid your money to come out here. Last time at the ECW Arena, Bam Bam Bigelow, his mom was sick. He got a concussion. He still came out here and busted his ass for you people. Rob Van Dam, last two shows, almost lost his damn eye going through a table. And you know what? He still went out, and he's probably one of the best damn wrestlers in the world today. And before RVD was doing all stuff, there was a guy named Sabu who dove into the barbed wire and moonsaulted into you people, and he is put on 100% every single night. And you see, that's what ECW is all about. You get in the ring, hurt, you do what you have to do, you get paid, but as long as each and every one of you saw the best damn show, then we're As was satisfied. reported on ECWWrestling.com, James Fullington, professionally known as the Sandman, opted to sign with World Championship Wrestling when his ECW contract expired after Heat Wave 98. And you applauded his entrance, he gave you his body, he got his ass kicked, and he truly was the founder of ECW. And I want to give him the send-off that he truly deserves. The Sandman is a former three-time ECW World Heavyweight Champion, a feat equaled only by that of the franchise Shane Douglas, the current World Heavyweight Champion. Each and every one of you people keep supporting this product. It doesn't matter if Tommy Dreamer leaves, anybody leaves. As long as ECW has a card, you will guarantee that you get your money's worth when you see us wrestle. So Sandman, I want to thank you for every single thing you ever did and putting your body and bleeding and being a drunk and being one of the best damn friends I ever had. So I'm doing this the way I know Sandman would want it. Pat, baby, I'm going to miss you. Let's raise him up. Sandman, God bless you. This one is for you.
So as you would have just heard, that is Tommy telling us all that Sandman has left ECW. Um, this is a pretty big moment, really. Um, Sandman is one of the guys that is synonymous with ECW. He's one of the guys that love him or hate him has always been here. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not going to say that he has good matches and everything that he does is wonderful, but nothing synonymizes ECW more than seeing Sandman caning someone, him coming out to the wonderful Dolph Tones of Metallica, chugging a beer and smashing people with a cane. I don't know how or why he would decide that See, I know why it's going to be because of the money, but on um, what reason or how he thinks his career is going to be any better going to WCW, um, they're not going to let him do what he does here. He's not going to come into the ring and start caning the shit out of people. He's not going to be able to chug beers at ringside and douse the crowd in beers. It seems a, a tad of a strange thing for him to do. Um, in a way, this is the time for the likes of Dreamer, RVD, Sabu to be more of a focal point. You know, we're not going to have to have that moment where it's a case of, oh, but where do we put Sandman in the big show or where do we put Sandman in the storylines? Or anything like that so yeah in a way it's probably a good thing these now off um it's it's gonna be weird not seeing him um i have no idea when he's gonna turn up in wcw how he's gonna turn up in wcw i would imagine that they're not gonna keep him as as the sandman as he is here because i don't see wcw paying Metallica the money to use the soundtrack um, of that entrance and as I said they're not going to let him chug beers and smash beers around people's heads but hey it's going to be one of those of uh, I look forward to seeing what he does but it's it's a strange one I don't I don't know why or what he's going to do but hey if if that's he's been given that offer you might as well take it so, post Tommy's speech, Jack Victory comes out saying that no one gives a fuck that he's left the co when he left the company. Tommy then hits him, that is, until Ron Price then comes out and gets involved too. The lights goes out, and we hear Anna Sandman. The lights come back on, and it's just incredible, with the cane, and he batters the fuck out of Tommy Dreamer. And that is until BWO Balls and Axe will make the save. We then get footage of Heyman telling us about the free tape stuff that I've mentioned in the news. And then it's time for the only time this month we get to hear the dulcet tones of Joel Gertner and Mr. Bubba Ray Dudley. Job. 
for nothing. But that's not a dress, it's a moo-moo. Heartfelt comments from the svelte Bubba Ray Come Dudley. On, hey, you with the red hat on. I'd ask you to jump over the guardrail, but that's just like crossing the border and you don't got your green card. This is really unnecessary. People don't buy tickets to ECW events to be verbally abused by inbreds in tie-dye. For those of you standing up, especially you, if I looked as goofy and ugly as you, I'd be sitting on the chair. Introducing at this time myself, the love of your life, your light in the dark, and the idol of my age, the quintessential stud muffin, and a good god, damn handsome man. Joel, you'll marvel at the size as I'm in between your thighs, Gertner. and more importantly, their respect. Kicking off with pretty much anyone he can in the crowd, saying fat chicks wearing moo-moos and Mexican guys need to worry about getting across the border. Good lad, Baba. Good lad. 
The match tonight is Devon versus Masino Tanaka. And as you'd have just heard in that end bit of the Dudley's promo, Tanaka tells us all about Bubba and his stutter. The match itself starts with Tanaka hitting a shoulder block and a hip toss, a drop kick and an arm drag. Devon managed to get a shoulder block of his own. He then whips him into the rope where Bubba trips over Tanaka. Devon hits a reverse DDT and beats him down. Hits the spinning back elbow. Tanaka gets in a few punches but misses a corner splash. Devon hits a hangman DDT, a low blow, and Dubba, Bubba gives Devon a chair. And then we get just some... I don't know whether this is going to be classic and going forward what we're going to get all the time with the Dudleys, but this is close to the bone. Devon Dudley not even trying to pin Tanaka. Instead, just... Oh, what a jerk. We tell you one time, Tanaka-san. Three commandments. Not the commandments. Thou shalt not kill. How does he still stand up? So, yeah, they're mm, dodgy Japanese accent telling us about the Three Commandments. Though, on each of those you would have just heard, that's the sound of a chair smashing against Seneca's head and him giving the look of, you've hit me with a feather. That lad is going to have concussions. Following the massive chair shots... Tanaka bounces straight up and hits the Thunderbomb for a two. Hits some elbows and goes for the Roaring Elbow, but Devon pulls the ref in the way. At this point, Bam Bam comes out. Bubba hits a big sidewalk slam. They try to go for a 3D, but Tanaka turns it into a swinging DDT onto the chairs on Devon. Bubba then splashes Devon, and Tanaka gets the win. Post-match, Bubba or Bam Bam beats down Tanaka. That is, until Tanaka manages to hit a few big old elbows. The rest of the triple threat come down and beat down Tanaka. Shane then grabs a mic and informs us. He's being dragged to the locker room by the officials.
anybody in this business. He'll even stand side by side with Taz as long as you give him a little glory because he's a damn glory out. But Fonzie, there's a history lesson here. Remember Barely Legal? Taz and Sabu seem to have a bit of a problem with each other. They hate each other's guts. Remember a damn tag team, Fonzie? Not even Paul Heyman could keep them from each other's throats. So tonight, I declare here on my night back as the franchise of this company that there is only one damn triple threat and you're looking at it. Well, that's a pretty bold prediction by the franchise Shane Douglas. There's no question that Sabu and Taz cannot stand each other, but when confronted by a common enemy, you'd be surprised who's willing to be on the same side of a fight. So as you just heard Shane telling us that you know the history of Sabu and Taz and the fact they don't like each other and that they are never going to be a triple threat. And that is how we end this month's show. I would like to thank you all for listening. Um, obviously this is a different way of doing it with just me monologuing my way through and chucking in spicy spices. Um, normal service will be restored back next month. As you know, this is volume three. If you have listened to them in order, you would already know this. But if you haven't and you've come straight to ECW, volume one is WCW and the wonderfully weird world of the Ultimate Warrior. Volume two is WWF and the breakdown pay-per-view. And next month, we'll be back. And as I said, normal service will resume. Guests will be back with us. And until next month, goodbye.